0: and welcome to 4 on Goal Prem Focus. I'm your host Adam Noble and today I'm joined by Simon and Gary. How are you both doing?
1: Very well, thank you.
2: Very well, thanks for having me.
0: Good to have you both on. Before I start, just a couple of mentions. Shout out to our channel sponsor Mike Andrews or Mandrews95. Give him a follow on Facebook for all good gaming streams of COD, NBA, Madden, you name it, he plays it. So, before I get started, guys, with this week's Prem Focus, I've got I've got another Name the Player challenge for you. Before we get started, so, so let me get, let me give you the player's transfers from where he started and where he's currently playing for. Of course, it's a Premier League player, being a Prem Focus show. So, they started their career in twenty fourteen at Marcel, and went on loan to Shooks. From they returned back to Shooks to Marcel to play there for the season. From Marcel, they went to Lorient. From Lorient to Aston Villa. From Aston Villa, they transferred to Swansea. From Swansea they went on loan to Crystal Palace. And then from Crystal Palace from sorry, from Swansea they made their transfer permanent to Crystal Palace last season. Don't want the answer now, but have a, have a think about it throughout the show. I
2: know Gary knows it already.
0: I, I feel like I do, but I'm I'm not too confident on this one. Okay, it'd be interesting. it be interesting. Have a think about it and we'll come back to it just before the end of the show. I may let you go this week first, so I just to see that you know it. Is he in it? Yeah. Is he an international player? I'm not saying anything else apart from yeah. the transfers. So first things first, looking at our last week's predictions, it wasn't too bad a week for me, I have to say. We did, I think I did quite well, got six in total. Yeah, I know it. I know it. OK, Gary. Well, you, you always know it, mate. That's, that's years of Film experience, isn't it? You, you just looked it up, didn't you? No, I, I'm pretty
1: sure I know who is. I'm pretty sure it's the striker.
0: OK, we'll come back to it and give Simon a chance at the end, then. Um, so going into last week's predictions, I did pretty well with six of my, in total, 10 predictions coming correct. Um, Gary, you won with seven. You beat me by one. The bill did four, so he didn't do too well. And Simon, you came in third with fifth. It wasn't wasn't a bad Little week for predictions. Second yeah. week in a row, He's <laughs> doing well. because he's a Liverpool fan. That's why he's only watching Liverpool properly. Um he needs to stop
2: ghosting the show, you know.
0: Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's ghosted <laughs> for a few weeks now. He's, he's, he's not he's not paying attention anymore, is he? Mm. Um, so let, let, let's run through um, some of the fixtures that I, uh, happened. Then um, got I was correct with Wolves winning. Um, that was Wolves versus Palace I was pretty confident in that one City obviously beat Sheffield United and That's that's one we all predicted to be correct I think in the end that was a pretty easy fixture To um, get some points on I, I lost out on some points actually For the Chelsea game I went for a draw and all of you guys went for the Chelsea win So I, I stupidly predicted that one Otherwise I could have done right there um, The same again for uh, Liverpool versus West Ham I went for a draw and you all went for a Liverpool win Seeing as all well. Liverpool fans which, which largely makes sense Um, Southampton, I was the only one to predict Southampton win actually last week So I'm pretty proud of that one, I was the only one to get that one correct Um, Newcastle playing Everton Simon's the only one who got that one correct completely So well done for that one, that was a Newcastle (laughs) win I went for a draw and the other guys went for Everton Um, Same again for me of Arsenal versus uh, United I was the only one to predict an Arsenal win there So I'm pretty proud of that one myself All went for Spurs win which was quite an easy one to uh, pick up on Gary actually went, they were right, Gary, you, you predicted a Fulham win. I, did, I didn't see that coming. I personally had West Brom written down for that one, so that was an interesting one. And the last one was Leicester versus Leeds, which I predicted correctly for a win as well. Uh, so it's quite a good week for predictions, really, and quite an interesting set of fixtures. So let's, let's start to break down those games now, really. Who wants to kick off of the first talking point of the last weekend?
2: Yeah, I think maybe if we start with Wolves. Um, so for me, Wolves looked a little bit back like their old self. Um, they look dominant as they were last season and most importantly they look dangerous down that right side again and they're such a good team when it comes to crossing the ball into the box mm. and whether it's Jimenez or someone else that seems to be where a lot of their goals come from down that right side and both goals came from that side and yeah it's, it's great to see them back on back winning ways and I hope that they can continue that
0: Do you think they're starting to be a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team Wolves at the moment with the way they're playing some weeks the Wolves from last season turns up another week the Wolves of, I don't know what season to describe them as, but they've not been the Wolves that we we know and remember from last season. Do you think they're starting to come a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team with how they play?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of of inconsistency for Wolves at the moment. Um, But I'm hoping, you know, as someone who enjoys watching Wolves, especially over the last couple of seasons, I'm hoping... A big result like this against the tough Palace side will hopefully kick-start their season, and we'll see them start to find some more consistency. A bit,
1: of a, bit of a closet Palace fan, not Jack Hard and over either. Like they had two bad games to start the season with, but since then they've looked really good. Those are teams they've really should hmm. be beating, I seem to recall, to start of the season. though. I can't quite
0: remember who they played. I'll have to look up their fixtures. But um, well, they lost to City and West Ham in the first two games.
1: West Ham though, that they should really be beating us a lot. They should have been doing better, yeah, but. You know, they didn't, but then since then they've beaten Fulham, Leeds, Palace, and then they drew against someone as well. I think it was Newcastle.
2: Yeah, so I think we mentioned... four
1: decent performances.
2: Yeah, we mentioned last week Wolves were a, a team that we believed heavily relied on having a crowd there mm. to kind of back them up, and I think they're starting to adapt to that crowdless system, and I think we'll start to see them push up the league a bit
0: now. Just as well, really, as things are heading to another lockdown, and happy lockdown eve, everyone that's listening in. Um, is just what they've had to adapt really So I don't think we're going to be getting fans back in there for a while so it's, well, so I would say it's good but it's just interesting to see that they've now started to adapt to that and they've lost a few key players in the summer, let's not forget and They're only um, three
1: points off the top That's, Yeah,
0: so they've, they've turned it around that. from the start Um, they've lost I a couple of key players they lost Jota to you guys, Liverpool and Doherty was a key player for them as well in their system
2: I think, I think um, the likes of Den Docker, I think he's a really, he'll be a really key player really key player for Wolves going forward and I think they, they need to find that consistency from him because he's definitely got the talent. He showed that on the weekend. And yeah, I, I'm excited to see his development.
1: We said last week as well, Semedo and Dosty should be playing for the opposite teams. Mm. Semedo should be at Tottenham and at uh, mm. Wolves. But Semedo on the weekend, well, like Friday night, he looked really good. Like he well, was I, lethal on that right-hand side. Because i would seen Wolves to be quite um, critical of him. Really,
0: mm. since, he, since he started. Apparently, they, were, they weren't very impressive his performances. It was, it's, it's good to see he's turned it
1: around. Um, I think we got to remember as our last season for Barca, although he was technically their main right back, he was rotated with like Roberto quite a lot. which mm. you know, So he wasn't playing as much last season. And then he's had to adapt to playing in a five instead of a four. Because I, I don't think he's ever played in the back five before. So he's had to adapt to that. But now, like if he continues the way he played against Palace which he probably won't be allowed to do against most teams because yeah, obviously you can Palace do really get forward Palace, that much. Yeah, yeah. But if he puts in more performances like that, they won't be disappointed for too long.
0: Yeah, it's going to be... We'll, we'll talk about the league actually coming up, actually. It's something I want to mention, the way the league table is actually starting to shape up. But Wolves, Wolves won't be a bad team all season. There might be a little bit touch and go sometimes. But the, If they can get me.
1: Adama Traore fit as well and starting alongside Semedo on that right-hand side, that would be absolutely lethal with that pace.
2: Yeah, that is the side where most of their attacks come from, definitely.
1: it's
0: Palace again with another loss, though. Um, Again, it's just... I don't want to call them a nothing team to be offensive, but they don't seem to go in a direction. They just turn up to every game and you'll get one Palace team, you'll get another Palace team. They never never seem to be um, pushing for top 10, really, or even going for European spots. They're just a very bog-standard Palace team. what's, What's going to go on with them this season, do you think?
2: I think it'll be very much the same we've seen over the last few years. They they just kind of exist in the league. Yeah, um,
0: it's very weird, maybe... really. So they don't they don't ever look like relegation fodder either. They have tough patches, but they've never sort of been.
2: Yeah, I think there. that's Roy Hodgson though. I think that's just his style. I mean, in the Premier League at least, I'd, I mean, has has he ever won anything in England significant? I think he's more just a survivalist. He just kind of keeps a team in the league, keeps them in a, in a good position. To be fair. Um, I don't know the last time he fought a relegation battle. Maybe it's sooner than I can remember. But um, I think we'll see a similar thing with Crystal Palace's season around the 10th to maybe 15th spot.
1: Yeah, he was brought in to Palace to keep them in the league every year. He's to make job, sure they're a Premier League side season after season. That's what he does, you know. Yeah. He doesn't play good football. But he gets the results when he needs to. And, you know... We're never going to see Palace in Europe. We're never going to see them... Under Roy, at least. ...relegated under Roy, yeah. So, they're just going to be there. I wonder annoying, if the fans are
2: happy with that.
1: You'd imagine but, they'd have to be. Yeah, it, you, you can't be content, but... Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't imagine them expecting to be in Europe. <laughs> like, I doubt they're going, Oh, The are going to win Palace, the league though. this year.
0: I think they know their station. It sounds, not in a rude way, but they're not in a massive ground. They're not, um, they know they haven't got the biggest spenders in the league, uh, chairman wise. They've got a good, loyal fan base, though, but um, I think they know to expect just they'll play well some games They'll they'll scalp some big teams, but not to expect being a top um, side in the Premier League. But um, it's a shame, really. They exist in the Premier League. They're just a team that you can, you think, when you play them, you think, oh, okay, that could be an interesting game. But you never sort of, um, Fear them at the same time you're never really sort of looking forward to that fixture, it's just a very bog standard team. Um, we might but see they a different got some palace,
1: some players in there to be fair. Oh,
0: on. no, it's AHA. Um, I can name a few of them, but it's not not world beaters, but
1: they've got a good team there. Um, but if you look at past managerial appointments by them, they're like appointments that look as if they're trying to take it the club to the next level mm. and it just fails because. I think it's more down to the fact Palace just aren't that kind of team that can go to the next level. I don't think we will ever see them in the top four at least. It's just, it's
0: just a bit like West Ham, really. If they were still at Upton Park. I wouldn't be sitting here saying we should be a top four team. It's only the fact we moved to the Olympic Stadium and all the shenanigans that have gone on with that and what our chairman told us that I expect us to be pushing that direction, but we're not. So arguably, West Ham. And it's would a bit be, like when you uh,
1: appointed Pellegrini. Yeah. As your manager. That was the appointment that was meant to take you to the next level. He didn't. was going to bring yeah. in these big name players and it just didn't work out for whatever reason and it, that was like what happened at Palace when they signed um, the Dutch manager.
0: Yeah, it was um, yeah. the Ajax yeah.
1: manager. Um, blimey, what was his name? Uh, De Boer. Yeah, Frank, De, Frank De, Boer. De Boer, yeah. And it just didn't work because they're just not good enough, you know. It's alright like hiring a world-class manager and buying a few world-class players, like both West Ham and Palace did. But if you don't have the core of that group good enough to be at the top, you're going to crumble. And so many teams have tried taking it to the next level and actually gone down Um, a few levels and been relegated. Look at Bournemouth, uh, for example. They were looking like a solid Premier League team, tried becoming a European team, and now they're in the championship. They didn't
0: have the structure for it, though. And you could say no. the same about Palace. They didn't. Have, they don't have the structure to do that. And West Ham are really trying to do that, and they can't because they've, again, they're trying to do too much and they can't. Um, they haven't built up. Um, looking at a team that's actually doing well in the Premier League and has become a top champion Champions League side, uh, City, they um, were quite comfortable against United at the weekend, weren't they? Sheffield United. That is.
1: Yeah, I think we all expected that. To be honest, like. Sheffield United have been very poor going forward. They're still at the bottom three. One point all season. They haven't been good enough. And the stats, like, clearly in City's favour for the game as well. Yeah. Over 60% possession, like 15 more shots. Um, I think the only surprise is that City didn't score more. But obviously, uh-huh. without a striker, I think it's showing how vulnerable they are. And. In a way, it's good that City have had the injuries now, because Aguero is back in the next few weeks. Um Jesus came back last night. He came off the bench and scored. So they're kind of coming back at the right time as we head into Christmas period, where it's going to remain busy. Um, but yeah, City got a three points, so and I think so, they won't be happy with it. No. Well, they, 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 well happy, they'll be happy if they've actually got the three
0: points, but... Um, looking at the league table currently, Sheffield United still reside in the relegation zone. No wins in seven, and only one point to, to their name. City sit in tenth, three
1: wins, two draws, one loss, only eleven points out of those fixtures. They've still got a game in hand though, as well, so they could potentially only be two points off the top. So yeah. it's not as bad as it actually looks. No, it's not as bad as it looks. But it, even with,
0: with that, with if they win their game in hand, they'll got uh, 14 points, and they'll be they'll be in the top four. They'll be in the top yeah. four at least, but. Again, City... And if they makes, beat us
1: on they, the weekend, yeah. their game in hand basically puts them top yeah. of the table. But again, though, they should still be higher than they
0: are now. City. They've, they've, they sh- Do they want to be drawing drawing and losing those games? The, 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 a team of them should
1: be practically battering every team in the league and they're not. Well, I think the signings, though, I've, I've said this before, the signings in the summer were not good enough for the players they lost. No. You know, you lose David Silva, they lost Leroy Sarnaud, Ferran Torres, he's done okay, but he's not someone that's a world beater right now. He's got a few years left before he becomes that world beater. Nathan Ake at the back, he's not a world-class centre-back. Ruben Diaz, he's been okay for me at the moment. Um, The one thing I do like is the fact that, not in the Sheffield United game, but last night in the Champions League, John Stones actually played for City. Hmm.
0: And, It'd be interesting if he can get back into the team because yeah. I think I think he just needs some confidence. He'll, he could be their best centre back.
1: Well, yeah, because when he was at Everton, he was one of the best centre backs in, the, in the Premier League. There's no doubt about that as well. Like, even he was, yeah. even just his
0: English, there was no doubt he was a quality centre back. But he's Again, another player confidence. that
1: when Guardiola went into City, kind of knocked his confidence, and unfortunately, we don't, we don't like to see that because I think John Stones is a superb defender. Especially, uh,
0: he's a good modern centre back, isn't he? Really, yeah. He's got the high, exactly what you want. Yeah, height, athleticism, can can tackle. Just confidence, I think, hinders him again. Um, akane is a good player as well, um, but again, City not buying quality, more just not quantity, but just plays you wouldn't really expect for a, a title-winning team. Um, Sheffield United, though, just looking at them, no wins this season, six losses and one draw. Pretty much slap bang in the middle of a relegation battle already. Um, early doors this season. We got Rian Brewster off you. He, he was quite an expensive signing. Uh, I'm not too sure he's been playing. But I, do you think that well, Sheffield United get out of the relegation spot soon, or do you expect them to reside there most of the season for the way they're carrying on?
1: Oh well, they've got Chelsea and West Ham next, and then they got West Brom. So I, they've got you know they haven't got easy fixtures coming up either so i think they will still be bottom three come christmas time because they haven't got any sure yeah. win sort of thing because their game against west broms away from home it's hard so to say the these days game. yeah what would you say so... is a sure
0: win the only sure wins you could give them would be maybe Fulham, maybe west brom but
1: but then not... that would only be when they're at home as well because yeah. the away you're looking at potentially a draw i really think sheffield united are in for a long long season um it's quite interesting, really, though, because there's no loss of confidence in the manager during all of this.
0: All the fans and all the players still back the manager, as far as I can tell, quite fully.
2: Yeah, I mean, the problem... I mean, Chris Wilder, he's clearly... You know, he's, he had a great thing going at Sheffield last season. I think they will get out of the relegation zone. When it will be, I don't know, because, like Gary mentioned, they do have a tough fixture list. And it looks like goals has really been the problem this season. I mean, three goals for the whole season so it's far. Rich, I mean, it's poor, very poor. Level with Burnley there, and I, I don't think Bruce is the answer to that. I don't know if McBurney's going to f- find his stride or what this season, but I, I completely agree with Gary when he says, when he says it's going to be a long ride for Sheffield. But they just I...
0: haven't got the same. They've got the same team spirit, but it's just not working for them now. People know they're just a team that wants to let you try and break them down. It's just mm-hmm. a kind of become a bit of a a team. Yeah. that well, It's going to be a long slog against them, but if we batter them enough, well, there's a good chance now we'll get a goal. They've conceded... Um... Um, seven is it, sorry, 10 this season already uh-huh. for a team of Sheffield United's quality well supposed quality, you, that, you that, they wanted that to be a lot less really and it's only 7 games
1: played so mm-hmm.
0: it's definitely going to be a long season for them I
1: think That's what I said last season as well because the players they came up with from the Championship they basically kept them and they're still there and I said last season this, they were having a good year but teams were working them out yeah and if you don't improve the quality of your squad, which they haven't, because if you look at the players they got, they're still championship quality players at best. And, you know, they're going to be down there, I think. I think Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United, they'll be very lucky if any of those stay up this season.
0: Yeah, a team that plays Sheffield United style can only last so long in the Premier League, really, without adding that quality up front. Um, there's only so long you can make that sort of stoke-esque hard to beat system work before it eventually comes unstuck um, i think the days of having stoke stoke-ish teams in the Premier League has come to an end I think you've got to adapt and you've got to find some system to get goals in your team otherwise it's just you, you can't just rely on a, a one they'll win every now and then now looking ahead to the um the Chelsea the chelsea game they um, mm-hmm. they played Burnley at the weekend I went for a draw quite silly because Burnley have done absolutely nothing. They currently reside bottom in the Premier League. It was it was a good game for Chelsea.
2: Yeah, I can see why you went for a draw for Burnley because they do have to start picking up results somewhere and quite often we see Burnley do it against the top side. So, I understand why you went for that. Um, I mean, if we look at the stats for this game, it was very similar to the Man City Sheffield United game. It was just a case that Chelsea were a lot more clinical than Man City were against Sheffield. Um, I mean, for me, this was the Hakim Ziyech show and I think... This is a player, perhaps we haven't been, we haven't spoke about as much as the likes of Havertz or Timo no, Werner. It's,
0: it's fair to say that Havertz dominated yeah. the transfer news when he came yeah. in,
2: and yet because um, ZH is older, he's not quite as an exciting signing. He didn't quite get the spotlight, but I really think that he has the potential to light the season up and the league up rather. And I think Gary would probably agree with that, being well, yeah. a huge Ajax fan.
0: We saw, that. we saw that in the Champions League, though, last season for Ajax as well. You could see his quality and they've got a quality player on their hands. It's just he's, he's gone unspoken about, really.
1: Yeah, I think he's gone unspoken about, though, because he got injured in the uh, pre-season, pre-season friendly yeah. against Brighton. So he's only yeah. started two games and they've both been in this last week um, in the Champions League and in the league. And he scored in both and he's got an assist or two as well. It's probably and a good he thing is there, someone maybe. that can unlock like he just unlocks the whole defence with one mm-hmm. pass yeah. and when he's firing on all cylinders you know he's I'm definitely a quality player he's an absolute magician with the ball
2: and I like Chelsea's fullback situation at the moment with um, Chilwell and Reese James I think they're they're both modern um, attacking fullbacks who can both defend um, and I think that's really helping the team drive forward at the moment
0: I quite like Reese James as well he's got good feet as well uh, as a fullback he mm-hmm. I mean, can control the ball really well doesn't yeah. rely just rely on pace and defending. He can actually control the ball and carry it forward. Um, Chelsea are having an abundance of attacking options, though. I don't know if you've seen their midfield options, but they've got plenty to choose from, <laughs> that's for sure. They're probably an o- overload, really.
2: Yeah, they've got a lot of options in that midfield. Um, Mount, I mean, is have Mount, Havertz. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we could go on and on. They've got so many different options, and whether they'll find like a, a perfect three or four, whether they'll just rotate every game. We'll, we're yet to see that. But um, yeah, as I mentioned, I think, so obviously we have Kante in the middle who we all know is world class and it's who you play with him. And for me right now, it's probably Mason Mount, who I think is having a, a fairly good season and perhaps Havertz when he, you know, he's starting to play a bit better. And I think when that three really gel together, you have a definitely a world class midfield in your head. Well,
0: let's not forget, they had Billy Gilmore as well start to come in last season. Yeah. He's another youngster, but he, he's, there's no way he's going to get game time <laughs> now. They've got Pulisic, Werner, Havertz. Um, yeah, I, f- I Melch, forgot about Pulisic. <laughs> Hudson O'Doy, Jorginho. Um, I'm just I'm looking at their squad now. Gilmore. Yeah, sure. Kovacic. Be, yeah. A, yeah. It's just ridiculous, really. They've got a sheer. Oh, don't, don't forget, Danny, drink water. They've got a um, absolutely overload of midfield players. I don't know how gonna, they're going to make it work and how they're going to keep them all happy. I mean, you start to think in the back of your mind, like if I drop a form, I'm going to be out the team again. There's another player to come in. That's what you want, competition. But geez, I mean, City have got, and they want Declan Rice still in January. I've I've seen recently, it's just crazy. Oh, what are you going to? Obviously, he's a different type of midfielder, but they're just going to have bloody hundreds of them.
1: Yeah, well, Tammy Abraham is very lucky because he and he needs to start taking his chances. Otherwise, he's not going to be in the team for long. No, because he wasn't not. even meant to be playing against Burnley. But Pulisic got injured in the warm-up, so they got drafted That's in. Another um, player, Pulisic. Yeah, they've just got so much. they've yeah. got
0: all good players, but arguably they're the sport for choice. Really, they've got some of the best options
1: in the league with that Those midfielders. I mean, geez, um, I think that could be their downfall though, because of how many options they've got. You can't keep Jorginho, Kovacic, No way, no, hundred uh, percent on the bench like the whole season. I mean, the, th- the thing you, is that you can't it adds so, too many to options for Frank happy. to choose from, doesn't it?
0: He? He's got too many yeah. players to choose from. He won't know who to choose. It's a good it's good to have options, but sometimes too many options. You'll think like, oh, hold I think him we'll in see
1: him right. rotate continuously and that's gonna but, like but, destroy the teams and like never have a rhythm, time. will it? Yeah, you need can you keep, rhythm.
2: Can you keep all these players happy too? You've got a lot of world class players in there that are gonna want 100%. regular game time.
0: And then they're, they're good enough to ask for it as well. There's no yeah. doubt. Some of them, there's, there's Mount, Mount's only been around for a season or so, but you can see he's got quality. Again, like you're going to want to be in that starting 11 every week. And I mean, even for rotation's sake, um, you may just expect to be stubbed every now and then, but to be dropped out of the team for someone else to come in for you, I don't know how long they're going to keep this chemistry in the team and the happiness there. Cause we all know how players get, even though that you say, Oh, you're getting paid money. You'll be happily sit on the bench. Some players don't have that attitude. They actually want to be playing.
2: Yeah, I wonder who is going to be the focal point in this team and who they're eventually going to build that's, it around.
0: That's interesting, though, because you don't, you can't say any of them so far. You'd think it'd be yeah. Havertz, but again, he's just come down with coronavirus. He won't be playing mm-hmm. for a few games, but you can't say, right, he's their focal point with building around him. There's, he rotates so much, you can't even say a particular player. Apart yeah. from Werner being up front or out wide, that's the only sort of player you could say is going to be on the team sheet every day mm-hmm. of the week. Definitely sport for choice, Chelsea. Um, so looking at the team they beat, um, Burnley, they sit absolutely rock bottom of the Premier League again. Burnley get out of it, but will they this time, is to my question, Will they? is this the time they finally don't turn up?
2: Mm. I, mean, it's, it's, I mean, Stoke kept this up for a long time, didn't they? And eventually they got relegated. I wonder if we'll see a similar thing here. If I had to predict, I would probably say Burnley would go down this season. I have more hope in Sheffield staying up. Than I do Burnley. Again, goals has been the problem for Burnley. They've only scored three. I don't know where they're going to come from. And yeah, I mean, they need to start picking up results, really. It's as simple as that.
0: Definitely. Um, I think it's going to be a long, hard season for them again. It's probably... There's a few options this year for relegation candidates. Burnley, United, Sheffield United, sorry, West Brom. Um, I don't know if you can throw Brighton down that mix, and Fulham as well. They're all, they're all definitely candidates this season. It could be it could be a long season for all of those teams. So, going to the four-on-goal derby, um, you guys beat us at this weekend, 2-1. It was, it was an interesting game. It wasn't a poor game by no means, um, from West Ham's point of view. Um, it was a well-fought contest for three points. Um, Gary, do you want to run through to, some of the controversy with VAR in that game? Because there was a few
1: talking points around that, and I know you love VAR. Yeah, so there's two big calls in the game. First one just before half time when Salah went down after being kicked by Matthew Arku. The Bill believes clear penalty. Uh I myself thought it was a bit soft. I know you guys thought it was soft as well. Uh VAR Just, didn't Gary's not it. just as
0: well the Bill's not here tonight.
1: Yeah, so the ref gave it after looking like he wasn't gonna give it originally. VAR didn't overturn it. Liverpool scored a penalty. Um, so I don't know what you guys thought completely of it,
2: because I know yeah. I thought it was soft. Yeah, I mean, I think me and Adam are on the same page here, to be honest. Um, I, I believe there was contact. I said this on Sunday, but the the act of choosing to fall to the floor, I think, is simulation, and you can't really look at it any other way. But I see where someone like Nabil gets frustrated when he sees... Harry Kane um, and Son both diving on the weekend and it hasn't really been spoken about. So I do get that. But as we're talking about this game, I think we have to highlight that that was simulation, that fall from Salah. I and mean, you saw the look on his face as well, like it'd just been, you know, shot it's or something. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just poor to see. I mean Um it just looks so smarmy afterwards as well. You can see when he's talking about the penalty, just that's what annoys me about players. They just look so smarmy afterwards when they've They've just they've not cheated the ref, but they they've been theatrical, it's just annoying to see. I mean I was speaking to some guys at work about it the other day and they said it was definitely a penalty, you just you theatrically went down to try and prove a point, but what point have you got to prove? Surely there's you've just got to have faith that the referee's gonna give you a penalty and just to there's no need to act like that. It's just so it's just embarrassing to see, I mean
1: Oh, I should, think should, one of the bill's main points is if he didn't go down, yeah, but then he's being uh, kicked and he doesn't. He won't get a penalty it, for not going Is it as down. bad as it looks? He gets tapped. I mean, how bad is it? He's have to fall over. He is only he kicked, tapped. and like I said, it is a soft penalty. But That's if you, I mean, don't down, so you don't go down, you don't get a foul, and so cool. it seems a bit wrong that you have to actually go down to the floor but for the ref is, to give you anything. Yeah, but it looks bad because the way he's gone down was it was a
0: gentle. I wouldn't say it was a gentle tap, but he was definitely got contact. I wouldn't say, like, Christ, he's got, like, Masawaki's murdered the fucker in the box. Like, he's... he's he, They've gone for the ball. Masawaki's been a bit heavy, and hot and heavy of it. But the way Salah's gone down made, has made it look a lot worse than it is. Like, he's, he's literally gone down like someone's... There definitely him wasn't
1: him. enough contact for him to naturally fall to the ground. You can see the way the he control. went down, though, because yeah. he went down like a fucking He definitely idiot. took another step or two before going, well, hang on. And that's what's just... I'm facing so away from goal here. So I need to kind of go down. I've had the contact. But at the end of the day, I think we see it most games. To be fair, not maybe I not always in the penalty box, but definitely outside of it. I appreciate uh, that it's happening
0: for um, other teams as well,
1: but I don't like this argument as well other people are doing it,
0: so I'll do it, we'll do it as well. Like it's not, it shouldn't be in the Premier League, and I don't like people defending Salah for doing it. It's not like something we should be. I doing. I don't think it's
1: just the Premier League though. I think it's the whole of football now. You know, refs don't give fouls unless you go down. So. And if there's contact, you're going to go down because then there's a chance well, the opponent gets a card. At least go down, and then if the opponent gets a card, they have to
0: be extra careful. There's enough contact to go down, go down. But Masawaku's contact didn't mean Salah had to go flying like he did. That's not enough contact to fall over.
1: Potentially, but also you could also look at a point from what's uh, enough contact for one person might not be enough contact for another player. Fucking Salah ain't five foot one. There was no way you should have fallen down like he did. No, but if that had happened to someone else, that was a lot lighter and a lot smaller. Oh yeah, it but would then have been that, enough that's, contact. That, that's a case And I don't think that's, that's fair it, that's enough what? to go. Ah, oh, it's a fr- is a penalty if this person goes down, but not if this person. Yeah, but if like I it. okay, so if I go to
0: push you over, I'll probably push you over because you're you're quite you're smaller than me. But if I try to push Anthony Joshua over, he's not going to fall over because he's a brick shit house. It, it, It's different for different players. If Massive did that to Sterling, there's a good chance Sterling would have probably fallen over because he's about five foot two.
1: But is yeah. that fair? Is that fair that you're punished for being bigger than everyone else? Yeah, but you're not going to fall over if you're heavier, are you? Yeah, but if someone still missed time to tackle on you, that's still you're bad missed play time by to tackle them.
0: But you don't have to. Fall, you don't have to fall over. If you get tripped, there's a good chance. I tripped. I tried to trip someone over in school all the time. He didn't always fall over because he's at six foot. But he tripped and stumbled. If Salah had stumbled, you be, all right? He's gone for his feet there. That's got to be a penalty because you can see he stumbled. You don't fall over. I guess every what time.
2: What is a foul? Is it kicking someone or is it knocking him down? I, I guess that's where we... If first... you have
0: ki- if, 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 Yeah, still. If, if Masiwaku had done what he'd done, Salah sort of stumbled and moved around a bit. He didn't just have to fall over. Like, you could yeah. say that's a penalty because he's still taking his feet there and Salah's lost his rhythm because that's what he's done. You don't have to fall over.
2: Yeah, maybe he needs to work on his dive and time it a bit quicker. <laughs> I mean, he waited too long.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, there's just start taking acting lessons. Um,
2: did, did you guys... Did, I, I think we all agree on the Mane decision. Sorry, the... Um, disallowed Jota goal right where Mane impeded well, the
0: keeper the, yeah I, I still think it was um the Mane one sorry no we're sorry, what we're, we talk, were we talking about the goal that wasn't allowed or the the actual goal
2: oh the goal that wasn't allowed I think we can all agree that yeah. probably was uh, a good call by the by I think the it was AR. a
0: good enough call I know some people didn't agree with that and they said what why was that um disallowed it was kicked away by a West Ham player but it was still a bit rash I think I agree that it was rolled out anyway
1: See, I didn't agree with it. <laughs> Simply because three players have all gone for that same ball. And it's not a clear foul by either player. You know, Mane doesn't really make contact with the goalkeeper. His leg goes under the arm of Fabianski. Um, His trading leg does catch him, but um, Ogbonna. But Ogbonna already halfway down on the floor anyway. So it's not like either player was impacted by Mane. You know, Ogbonna wasn't going to be stood back up ready to block the ball. Or kick it away if Marley wasn't in there. So I don't really understand how he's impacted play with the tackle. And it just seems a bit stupid to disallow something when it was a 50-50 and then no real clear foul.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It was, the way he went in on Fabianski is the only reason you can really give it. But the amount of time it took to make that decision, though, the referee had to go to use the monitor, which is the first time I've seen it actually happen in a game I've watched West Ham do. Um, they clearly thought there was enough in it to say that it was a bit unfair um, I think Jota was in an offside position anyway from the ball rebounding if it came off Mane I'm not too, I'm not 100% sure but it was, I think there was enough in it to say for a culmination of reasons it wasn't a fair chance because again Fabianski was sort of not pinned to the floor but he couldn't get back up to block Jota's shot from the situation that just happened um, again though the goal you scored anyway too went as a great ball by Shaqiri, um to put Jota through You could argue that Mane was impeding the keeper's vision, but I think, again, that would have been a soft one. But again, there's so many decisions in that game that could have gone either way. It was a a fair enough result in the end. I think it could have gone either way for either team. I think you guys probably would agree.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I predicted 2-1 last week. I thought um, I knew West, West Ham would be hard to beat. They have been all season, and that's why they've got the results they have. I mean, we clearly dominated possession, but we didn't dominate the chances we only had a couple more shots on target than West Ham did Um, and I think overall it really could have gone either way and it was swayed by a few key moments a few key decisions but West Ham could have just as easily won that game
1: right yeah so West Ham were definitely no pushovers and I think we expected that Um, on another day them decisions could have all gone against Liverpool all, all gone against West Ham so it could have been a completely different story with a different ref, but I think overall, I think the 2-1 result was probably fair enough. Um, yeah. We
2: expected that game plan, didn't we, from Moyes and West Ham?
1: Oh, yeah. We didn't sit um, back
0: and soak up, though. We did for some of it because you were just absolutely pummeling us, but we, by no means, it wasn't, it wasn't a West Ham performance of old where we would just turn up and roll over and it'd be 4-0 Liverpool. We actually tried to put a shift in. I think we did just about enough. I mean, We'll come to the league position at the end of this
1: segment, but by no means are Liverpool having a bad season as it might be perceived. Um, the only thing I was surprised about West Ham is they didn't tell Haller to be more physical on the centre backs. Mm. You know that that would have been my game plan. Just Haller because he's quite a big guy. I know you've said in the past, Adam, he's not a very physical player. But yeah. in the week of training, I'd have been telling him I mean. to make sure he's right on the centre back because Defoe, your credits making his Premier League debut. Yeah, he he must have been quite nervous. So if you got a big guy like Haller up against you, I think you know, Haller did try, again, but negate. again,
0: it's not his game plan from his his years of being a player is to be physical like Andy Carroll would have been. It's not his not his style, I don't think.
2: Yeah, props to Nat Phillips by the way. He you know he really stepped up and he's I didn't realize how good he was in the air as a defender. He really won a lot of headers and nothing. he got man of the match in the end. Very
1: good defender. Gary's keep reserving likes, his judgment likes to on him defend as well.
0: Gary's reserving his judgment till later in the season when he can say he loved them all along and you were all wrong
1: <laughs> no, he was my moment of the week on Sunday you know. it, the one thing I do like about centre-backs are the centre-backs actually just defending and not worrying about having to attack um, and he's one of those players that just loves to defend he's happy to put his head in if someone's running in with their foot he will put his head in, he doesn't care. And that's exactly what you need at centre back. Mm-hmm. Especially I mean, in games like those. Looking ahead then, I think we've done a good level of discussion now on, on the four
0: on goal derby. Um hopefully West Ham will win next time so I can, I can actually celebrate a bit more. But um so Southampton survived a late comeback from Aston Villa and um their game. They won four three in the end four free in the end. Um i no mean, one actually predicted a Southampton win there, so um you guys must have been there surprised when you saw them beat them the weekend.
2: Yeah, I went for a draw for this game. I was kind of undecided. I didn't know who it was going to go to. And it was a a great game from a neutral point of view with Aston Villa trying for that late comeback. But, I mean, Aston Villa, if you look at the stats, they really dominated most of the game. Um, Southampton only had four shots on target, so every shot on target was a goal. And I think James Ward, was. I mean, where did that come from? Two free kicks he scored directly from. Then he assists one from a free kick. And, I mean... He he went straight into my fantasy team this week. Um, It's a great performance from him, and I think that was the key this week. Um, Great finish by Danny Ings, too. I should probably say that.
0: I think he's quite an underrated player, James Ward-Prowse. I think people have talked about now as role in England. Very
1: vulnerable. Who? Hey? What are you (laughs) talking about? James Ward-Prowse. I don't think he's good enough for England. He's good from a dead ball, but I think England have enough dead ball players to leave Ward-Price out because he doesn't really offer much apart from the dead ball mm-hmm. it's a bit like Harry Wilson in that perspective um, but yeah great delivery on the free kick mm. and then the two goals as well but it just shows Villa are very vulnerable from set pieces because yep. um, you know three shots from set pieces and three goals um, I did put a draw and when Grealish got that third in the 97th oh, okay Maybe I got a chance, but no. <laughs> um, but Grealish's got a very good goal. Um, Watkins obviously got a penalty, scoring again. But yeah, Southampton just. Do you think? Price prow- on his birthday. Just for the man of match performance. Do you think that... Villa's run is coming to an end, though?
2: Yes.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, th- I, I don't think we... think we
0: all predicted to last, did we really?
2: Yeah, we, we mentioned on that last week. They're, they're probably going to start slipping down the table now. I think they've reached their peak this season by thrashing Liverpool and I think that's probably going to be their highlight of the season. I, I think they'll get, they'll, you know, they'll be around mid-table but I don't think they'll be pushing for a, like a Europa League spot or anything.
0: No, they've got they've got a good team absolutely. I don't think they'll struggle this season but I think, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if teams are sussing them out but I think teams now are just starting to find a bit of form and I think they might have had a, a good few fixtures against teams that sort of had a slow start to the season which is why they've Done so well at the start, they've capitalised on that, and they've got oh, a good yeah. team though. And the thing goes for Southampton. Unfortunately, they've now lost Danny Ings. Um, how long is he Definitely. unavailable for,
1: Gary? That's a, that's a big loss for them. Do you know how long he's out? He's out for. It's up to six weeks, so that takes them pretty much up to Christmas. But this is um, what the problem with Danny Ings has always has
0: been. Is we all know his quality, but he has his injury problems, doesn't he? And he's, he's done well to stay fit as long as he has. But I just think this is going to be his biggest downfall as a um, as a player reaching the top teams, you'll never be able to maintain a constant, a consistent full season.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think Danny Ings this season is what's been set in Southampton apart from the likes of uh, Burnley, Sheffield, who might be, you know, competing for similar spots in the table. They've really had a great focal point up top and these other teams Definitely. haven't. And he's going to be a real miss and I don't know how they're going to remodel without him in the team.
1: Yeah, they don't really have that striker that can come in and Replace the goals he's going to miss. And mm-hmm. I think he's going to miss about seven games in total. Which is a lot of games. Yep. You know, considering they're in the top four right now. So, no, sorry, just outside the top. The fifth now. So, I would imagine they could be bottom half by the time he returns. And then you don't know how, what kind of form he's going to be when, in, when he does return. Yeah. So, it could be a long season for Southampton. Because we've seen when he's not in the team. Defensively, they're not a great team anyway. So if they're not scoring goals as well, it could be quite a lot of trouble.
0: Speaking of an injury-hit team, uh, Everton are uh, now struggling, apparently. Um, they've lost most of their key... Well, not most, some of their key players. Um, Richarlson's obviously suspended. Dinger's injured. Um, James Rodriguez is obviously suspended as well. They they now are struggling again. Um, South Newcastle beat them. at the weekend was that a surprise result or did you see that coming
2: um this is actually the one result I got right which I I I wasn't very confident in I I said Newcastle would win but I had no real nothing to base that on because Newcastle haven't been great this season let's be honest
0: so you're the only one that saw saw us coming actually in the end aren't you
2: yeah well I didn't really see it coming I just thought I'd you know be a bit edgy and outside the box but (laughs) um good um, choice I mean even though Everton are losing, Dominic Calvert lewin still finding a way to score. And Everton did dominate the game still, but I mean it came down to a possibly controversial penalty call. Um, and Callum Wilson stepping up, which he hasn't done much so far this season, but he found a way to get the win for Newcastle. And also I thought Saint Maximam was uh, impressive this game.
0: He's starting to come into his own this season as well, Saint Maximam. Arguably yeah. one of the could be one of the best wingers in the league. It's raw pace again. If he can do what
1: um, Traore done. He'll be a top winger. Yeah, I think long, he's got better
2: technique than Traore, so there's a real potential for a good oh, player. Definitely,
1: definitely. Yeah, if he sorts out it... his finishing, he'll be one of the best wingers in the league by far. Mm-hmm. Newcastle but could that, be surprised
0: underdogs. Oh, no, definitely. Um, and I think Newcastle could be surprised underdogs this season, really, um, for doing doing better maybe ultimately than we expect them to. Um, by no means have they been as bad as I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be struggling for a large part of the season, but. They seem to be doing
1: all right. Yeah, they haven't had many injuries, which has obviously helped them. They've got some good players in there as well. don't have to keep rotating the squad. Andy Carroll's already stayed fit and that gives them that extra dimension that sometimes you need in the Premier League. Uh, Callum Wilson's obviously coming and he's scoring the goals that they weren't getting last year. So, I, th- I don't think they'll do anything great, but I don't think they'll be in the relegation scrap coming the end of the season.
0: No, I think they're going to have a good season, Newcastle. They might actually start to stabilise a little bit after a few turbulent years. and I think Everton, as soon as they get those key players back, we may see them again continue to push for a, a top four, top six position. Um, they just need to get their t- key players back into their team, and it's quite clear to see that their squad depth isn't great. Um, with the quality in the team, they're doing okay. Without it, they're they they they're, they're going to be a harder team to um, keep pushing on the top of the league. So, Arsenal win at Old Trafford at the weekend. Um, the first time in over a decade after Pogba gives away a, a penalty in another... Pff, it wasn't an exciting game. It was quite a boring one, but he gave away a penalty. Mm. Um, Pogba not, still, again, probably proving to his haters that he's not <laughs> not not the player that you expect for the shoe money you've spent on him.
2: Yeah, I mean... we. Very quickly about the game. We we said last week this would probably be um, decided by a goal or two, and I, I thought it was going to be United who would get the penalty and win the game, but it was actually Arsenal in the end. Um, it's one of them fixtures that can either be you know an eight-two, the of course a memorable game, yeah. or it can be like a drab nil-nil-one-nil, no, and was it was
0: definitely one of those drab ones, wasn't it?
2: Exactly, and it was. I didn't watch it live. I saw the highlights, and from what I saw, it was a very even game with not a whole lot going on, not a whole lot of shots on target. But, I mean, Arsenal just got the upper hand here.
1: Yeah, it's a really poor penalty to give away as well by Pogba. Yeah, it's you not know, what you expect just...
0: from your key... Well, you say key midfielder, they've got a lot of quality now. Mm-hmm. It's not what you expect from a player of Pogba's talent, supposed talent again. Yeah, sloppy. Very sloppy. Um United appears to be suffering from... I don't know if it's a lack of confidence, but they've got world-class players in their team. There's no doubt about that with what they've got. Maguire, you can say world-class, a top defender. Pogba has been having this same issue for the last few seasons. Rashford's doing well. But the, the Martial, um, Donny van de Beek, Fernandes, you name it, they've got good quality in that squad. There's not a team that should be doing what they're currently doing. How much longer will all these hands be at the wheel? Do you think he's going to start to see, see... He's had pressure on him for a long while now, but do you think... This could be the make or break season for him.
2: Yes, but I think that these European results they get, and it's really given me a contrasted opinion of what's really going on with United right now. I, I, I can't explain why they're doing so well, Europe, European, um, in a European competition, but domestically they're, I mean, they're losing six one to Tottenham, they're losing, albeit only one nil to Arsenal, but these aren't great results, and I don't know how they're going to get their team firing in the Premier League. And I don't know if a good Champions League campaign will be enough to keep Oli at the wheel. Well, they, or sit, if...
0: they currently sit 15th with a game in hand. Even if they win that game in hand, they're not going to move up far. Mm. Their goal difference is currently minus four. So if they win that game 1-0, they'll be joined 13th. It's not exactly an impressive
1: yeah. feat for a team of Man United ilk, is it? You say a good European campaign as well. Tonight they lost 2-1 to Istanbul, Baka, oh. whatever they're called. I wasn't um, aware yeah, the, I think the problem Oli has is, you know, obviously he's playing midweek weekend, like all the teams in Europe. But also, he doesn't quite know what his best eleven is. I don't obviously, he Walt, has a van der Beek in the summer, and mm-hmm. he doesn't know whether he should be playing or not. And tonight they played Zebe, they played McTominay, they played Dean Henson and it just doesn't quite i don't think he knows what the best 11 is and until he does yeah. he's going to keep it's rotating be a long season for him like again. we said with chelsea if they keep rotating they're going to have bad spells yeah. i think you
0: could argue though that united's best 11 isn't as hard as chelsea's best 11 would be they've got you can tell what their quality is what their system should be but he's just not getting anything out of those players
1: yeah I, yeah i think, I think that's the issue his best mm-hmm. 11 doesn't perform so he has to bring in players that you don't perceive to be world-class. But then again, they're they're not performing either.
2: I think they need to pick someone, similar to what I said to Chelsea, pick someone to build that midfield around and then pick players who complement that player. Right now, they're just, you know, they're going for the FIFA career mode team. They're just putting all these great midfielders on players players. that they have. (laughs) But it's just not gelling and they need to decide who's going to be their... Their key man in the middle there, because I don't think Pogba and Van der Beek is really going to work this season. Maybe it it will, but right now,
0: speaking it's not. of Pogba, do you think his this is his lot? He, he needs to move on now for the sake of his career.
2: I think I'm not going to say deserves better because I think he's um, get what you give him. I'll, yeah, exactly. I think it, his attitude plays a big part in his performances. I think he can do a lot better, and I think he thinks that too. Um, I think it will be. I think his time's up at United. It's gone on long enough. He'll probably move. Go back to
0: Juventus then. or go back to one of the bigger teams in Europe. There's no doubt he can play in the world-class teams, but for yeah. whatever reason, the return to United. I don't know why he wanted it after what they after the reason they let him go. I don't know why he wanted mm-hmm. it, but he went back to try and prove a point and it didn't work. It's fair to say, it hasn't worked mm-hmm. out like he hoped. He's done done well, but it's not the the career-defining move. You, I think he hoped it to be. Mm-hmm. They're all props to Arsenal, though. Um, still be a good a good team. Uh, and I think as it reinforces my point. Arsenal will, although they'll struggle throughout the season. I think they'll eventually prove the point that they'll they're going somewhere. Moving on to Spurs, um, Bale secures three points and uh, with his first goal in his return. Um, came penalty, pen, came penalty controversy. Can anyone care to explain what that is? Because this is one of the games I didn't see. I was just I was looking at the notes there.
2: Uh, I think I'll leave this to Gary.
1: Yeah. So. The ball's I think coming outside yes. yeah, out out well. of the box, actually, um, yes. Yeah, the ball's coming out of the box. Lallana actually attempts to head it clear, and Kane just kind of stands in his way, doesn't go for the ball, and Backs obviously the... Lallana's, yeah, and Lallana goes for the ball and just kind of goes over him. Uh, there's not much Lallana can do if Kane's not going to contest the ball, and Kane just falls down. Uh, VAR gets... Uh, check to see if it was a free kick or penalty because it looked like the ref was given a free kick they decided it was a foul and it was inside the box now personally I felt the contact was made outside of the box so I felt that it shouldn't have been a penalty do you, you, think it nice was a, do you still think if that was in the box it was a penalty worthy tackle well I think if the uh, attacking player isn't going for the ball I don't think you should be given a foul against, you know, you can't it's, just stand in the middle of the field and just hope there's contact. With
0: Kane, I can tell you this is becoming a running trend for him because he did exactly the same against West Ham earlier this season. Um, he's becoming quite notorious for what he'll do. Is If a, defend, a defender's going to jump for the ball, he'll back into them, let them climb onto him a bit and then fall over acting like it's a foul. That's become quite notorious for what he's trying to do. So it's another player that's learned how to, you know... Deceive the referee. So that's mm. something. Um, no, no way.
1: This is simulation as well because he's is, not playing the game. He's simulation. He's playing for the free kick or penalty.
0: I can tell you this is what he's learning to do, and I've seen it a few times now. It's, it's clever. Um, it's definitely simulation. It's again another player is learning the tricks.
2: There Just was an even referees. more blatant dive by Kane there when he turned onto his right foot, zero contact. You know, he went down. You know, I'd call Salah out for it, so I'll certainly call Kane out for it. It's, it's not. It's oh not no! And you can't keep getting away of it. There's
0: players that are doing this quite commonly now, and it's, mm-hmm. for some reason, I think VAR's taking the taking the limelight really for some poor, poor um, decisions being made by players. I know VAR is making bad decisions, but people are now trying to actually use VAR mm-hmm. even more to their advantage. Even you know, they hate VAR, players hate VAR. They're still now they're now trying to use the system to win games. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just double double <laughs> misery compiler really. Uh, it's not, not. know, these are world class players, Kane, Salah. Why do they see the need to do it? It doesn't set a good example. Um, there's no doubt other players do it as well that aren't world class, but I mean, players of their talent, they don't need to be doing that. If someone's going to take you down, they're going to take you down. You don't need to just try and win it. Um, again, it just takes a bit of class off their name, really, in my opinion. But moving on, though, um, Fulham winning the relegation battle against West Brom. Um, it's a good big win for Fulham, um maybe a big valuable beat three points coming into the season, but West Brom's got gotta really start
1: to be worried now, I think, yeah, I think we've said over and over again, just with the West Brom team just isn't good enough for the Premier League, no doubt, yeah, uh, and they keep changing their formation, they tweak their line up quite a bit, and they just they're just not finding anything that works. Um, I was obviously the only one that predicted a Fulham win this week. Yeah, and it's, and that just i think seems to actually go out for the win, whereas West Brom have kind of, from game one, gone, right, we're going to draw these games. And If you, you go with the mentality way, of it? drawing 38 games, you're getting relegated,
0: because you're it's not it, going to draw 38 yeah, games. I think that's a game that could have probably gone either way. I mean, West Brom, they've got some decent players. We sold them to Garner. I feel bad for Dean Garner, because he could do better than the current season he's having down there. Uh, but again, Fulham, West Brom, just ch- it could be a championship game, really, looking at those teams. Mm-hmm. They haven't got any names on that team sheet. So you think, wow, that's got to be a Premier League team. It's just looking at them, you think, blimey. Not one you want to pay £15 to watch.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the- a lot of these kind of lower-table teams they either have some key standout players or they have a, a standout system which clearly wins them games. Mm-hmm. And I don't think either of these teams really have that. I-, no. I don't know if that was the case in the championship. I don't know how... How West Brom performed, whether they're an attacking side or whether they would, you know, play defensive style football. But I was surprised there was even two goals this game. I I went for a draw. I actually said a nil-nil. Um, but you know, fair play to Fulham. They they saw an opportunity, and this this was a really big. This will probably be a really big game come later in the season.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt when these teams do come to face each other again towards the end of the season, it could be that they could be on their last legs. Um, so it's mm-hmm. a good win for Fulham. I think they might scrape a few wins here and there. Can't say the same for West Brom, really. Um, again, they just look sort of... Not resigned already, it's too early to say, but again, it's just not, not going to be a good season for them again. So final, the final game of the, the weekend, um, Leicester versus Leeds. It was going to be a good match, and Leicester, Leicester really just did quite well, didn't they? In the end, 4-1, um, Vardy just being yeah. Vardy. I was thinking about this the other day, actually, when I was listening to the results, and I was starting to think, is Leicester a one, not a one-player team? they've got good players in that team. Are they a one-player system with Vardy? Because we've seen when Vardy's not in that team, that system doesn't work.
2: Yeah, I think... um, I mean, I mentioned a little bit about Southampton this season, how they've relied heavily on Danny Ings. I think that's a much lesser situation. But with Leicester, I think they really do build that counter-attacking system all around Jamie Vardy's pace and the ability for him to break forward. You know, the other players trying to keep up with him and... He's, yeah, it's just that lightning speed and directness. that it, and He's still got it. Defend.
0: He's not spring chicken anymore. He's still got it, though.
2: I know you, you just can't defend against it. I, I thought Leeds are going to win this game. I didn't see a four-one. I would have never said a four-one. Um, no, four-one Leicester victory.
0: Not at all. Um, I, th- I thought it'd be more f- closely fought contest, but again, Leicester just can't deal with Vardy's pace. I, mean, I think if Vardy wasn't in that team. Um, you may, they may have struggled more but this is what I mean about Leicester if Vardy gets injured again for a longer period I don't know how long they're going to maintain their, their top four push they're currently second in the league they only lost two games excuse me um, in the last few in the last few rounds of fixtures so they're doing alright
2: and Leeds dominated this game it's the thing they had a lot more possession they had more shots
0: This is that's Leicester's game plan though isn't it it doesn't matter exactly. if you it dominate it didn't work against West Ham but mm-hmm. it can work when teams aren't ready for it exactly um, lightning pace of Vardy. If, want, if they didn't have Vardy up top, I don't know if Harvey Barnes could have done it by himself. Hmm. But it, was just, it was, it's just a strong partnership they've got building thing up. thing is Bum- though, it
1: could have been a completely different game because obviously the goal was scored by Harvey Barnes into an open net after two minutes. But literally about 10 seconds, 10 to 15 seconds beforehand, Bamford missed for about three yeah, yards out. A big chance. If he had put it either side of the goalkeeper, Leeds to got a 1-0 up with inside two minutes. Mm. Um this so is how quick, really this how quick they went back. from one end to the other. Sky Sports was still showing a replay of Bamford's header when Vardy was taking the ball around the goalkeeper down the other end. That's how quick they went from one end to the other. But well, that, like Simon said, they dominated the game. I said last yeah. week I thought it was going to be like a 4-3 kind of game.
0: This goes to show, though, that Leicester's system is that lethal. If you miss a chance, Leicester will beat you for it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what top teams can do. If you miss a chance... They'll just go up the other end and score. I think that's why you might see
1: Leicester be around. I think around it the shows pop. you how vulnerable leads are at the back as well. Oh, because no, Because for are. that first they're they're goal, their fullback was inside Leicester's box. Yeah. And inside two minutes, your fullback should not be anywhere near that box. <laughs> you know, yeah. and if they were 1 0 down already, I could understand it trying to attack.
0: But 0 0 inside
1: two minutes, your defenders have to be in defense. This is why making think, sure you don't concede early on and obviously the floodgates yeah. over
0: from there. That's why I think Leeds, although we think they're a good team, will struggle because although they can absolutely wallop you from an attacking point of view, they need to understand that in the Premier League you can't quite do what they did in the championship. You've got to be a little bit more not moderate with your um attacking ability. You've got to be a little bit more um you know, a little bit more structurally sound than just sort of absolutely throwing all your forwards forward and just playing yeah. total football, which Bielsa likes to do. They need to be a little bit more, um, you know, wary of what teams can hit them on the counter. And I think Leicester have taught them a hard lesson there.
1: I think too many teams in the Premier League know how to control the game when they go one nil up as well. So when leads are going 1-0 down, like early on, I think that's when they really struggle. Because then they're like, oh, we've got to attack even more now. And they're already attacking quite a lot beforehand. And then teams can just play the ball through them and have easy chances to extend their leads. So, I think Leeds really have to learn but, yeah. how to adjust to both defending and attacking when necessary. Instead Definitely. of going, we need to attack. And they need to learn quite quickly.
0: Yeah.
1: So, looking ahead to the. Oh, looking
0: ahead, looking back at the four on goal dive, we've already covered most of it, but I just, want to, I just want to go over the predictions a little bit because I can understand. Simon called it correct of a 2 1 win. Gary, you went 3 1, you were nearly correct. Can I just talk yeah, about the Nabil, Nabil, Nabil 7-0 here? What what, what inspired the Bill for a 7-0? Is that why he's hiding tonight? I know he won, but blimey, that is a... You put pout. a 7-0. Did he? Oh, yeah, because he didn't turn up. I was yeah. going to say. I was about to call him out for that. Yeah, I was well, going to say Nabil where was smoking, right? he's on yeah, if he's, if he's smoking something, I'll be having that. But no, that explains a few things now. I was going to say where did that come from. No, yeah, I was you nearly... Clear right. You predicted. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, You've got to wear that, Nabil. You've got to wear that. Uh, I was quite close again with the 2 all But hey, it was a good game, though. Um, we'll, 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 we'll revisit it when we play you again later on in the season. Let's see where we go from there. But looking ahead to the England squad, then, um, we've mentioned some players throughout the, the Premier League review that I think could be England-worthy. So do we think um, Ward we'll Prowse deserves a call-up after his um, good run of form for Southampton? I, I can say the same for
1: Reese James from Chelsea. He's another player I, I would like to see called up as well.
0: Yeah, well,
2: I don't Gary think maybe...
1: War is good enough for the line, like starting lineup. So then he's only a SWOD player and he's not someone that's going to make a difference coming off the bench mm. unless you've got a set piece. But if he comes off the bench and Kane's on the pitch or Rashford's on the pitch, he's not going to take that set piece.
2: Yeah, and Trent, even, even if
1: Trent's on that pitch, you know he's not going to take the set piece. So he'd just be there to, to fill the numbers up, really. So, I, Although I think he's a good player, he's a good solid Premier League player. I don't think he's good enough for the England squad unless he can add something else to his game. I don't know what yeah. you guys think. But yeah,
2: yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think the point you made earlier that he he is a dead ball specialist is probably probably true. And like Beckham say...
0: Esko, a bit a bit Beckham was. he was great at dead yeah. specialist. He he wasn't quite. He was quite, he was a great player. I mean, but it wasn't it wasn't quite that on the ball.
2: Yeah, I mean, he he scored yeah he scored some great free kicks in the weekend, but I mean, he's not like the top scoring Premier League free kick take or anything. But I th- I think we have better set piece set piece takers in this starting lineup potentially. Um well possibly. I mean I think Rashford's a great free kick taker. I think Trent can take free kicks. Um but in terms of where it'd fit in the team, I think with that kind of two man Rice Henderson mm. midfield, I, I think that that has that has the potential to work great though fairly similar like-minded players not the most attacking but they both work so hard on and off the ball and
0: I don't know if Ward-Prowse will he'd bring something different to the team so yeah but who does he get in ahead of exactly. that you'd say that person deserves to be dropped I could name a few um so let's before we go into the starting lineup of what I see like I would like to see England starting lineup moving forward um who should be in I also want to talk about who shouldn't be in on based on previous performances so I'd like to see um Rhys James called up Chillwell. Um, it's a good full so You could argue if Antonio wasn't injured, his run of form should really gets a call-up, maybe instead of Ings, because obviously Ings now got an injury. Um, a player I... Uh, Leeds fans love him, Calvin Phillips. They think he's the, the best thing since sliced bread. And you can say he's got that chance to be quality, but I mean... Calvin Phillips with... currently injured, though, so
1: he, will... yeah, so
0: he won't be called right up this time. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, he's got the right to <laughs> competition. Yeah, he won't get called up this time due to injury, but he's a player I don't think should be called up over... Again, really, there's there's players you could say in that position should get a chance now. Um, he needs to have finds his form in the Premier League first before everyone starts banging on about playing in the England team. Mm-hmm. Um, what do came you think
1: up, about Patrick Bamford?
0: Patrick Bamford's got to be within a shout, really. I mean, if we're calling players up based on form, if I say Antonio's got to be called up, I can't say that Bamford shouldn't be called up. He's scoring goals in a good league system. Will he do the same for England? I don't know. Scoring goals, and that's what you want out of your strikers. And Danny Ings got called up. There's no, by no means should Banford not be called up.
1: I'm gonna say well, a I think reason. Ings is a better player overall. Mm. Uh, Patrick, Patrick Banford no kind doubt of no, reminds me of like Dave Nugent. Like, I feel like he could probably do a job for England, even though I don't really rate him as that good of a striker. Mm.
0: Go on, but sorry, some you players
1: should, on like do well that's for their country, like just out of the blue, even though yeah. they're not doing great for clubs. I feel yeah. like Bamford be, would be one of those players that would just score goals for England. I've got a couple of thoughts on it, but I'll let Cy si go
0: first.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, going to bring up a fairly unsexy name. Um, Danny Gray. Harvey Barnes, is he in, in for a shout?
0: I don't see why not. He's had a, a good bit of form in the Premier League. I mean, we need to look at the form of some of the, prim- the forward players. By, by no, Rashford, 100% has got to be called up. Vardy's retired, oh. so he, he, isn't, he isn't with a shout. Um, Kane, yes, as always, he's got to be called up because of just his overall quality. Um, some of the other forwards that we've been calling up recently, you've got to say um, he's got to be given a chance there to be called up to the England team. He's been doing well in the, um, in the Leicester team and they currently sits second in the league. He's got to be in with a shout. Um, now's our chance to rotate. And I think now Southgate's got to start to look at players that may necessarily not considered before because if he wants to persist with his current system, he's got to find players that are going to make it work. And that's why, I mean, certain players should be dropped, really, for their walk has got to be dropped. He's just not been on form, really. Jadon um, Sancho that...
2: dropped.
0: <laughs> I don't actually know how what his form has been looking like in, uh, in the Bundesliga, Gary. Do you, do you know about Sancho?
1: Does he... Do you well, think he's not be... playing tonight for Dortmund. Is that I don't, cause he's I don't injured? not he scored this season. He has no. scored a few times. He definitely... I think he scored on the weekend. Oh, OK. But, but again, he's we're of not... You know my thoughts on him. He's not yeah. this world class player. Again, if he's not
0: on form for for Bayern Munich, shouldn't be called up. We need to we need to carry on with what Southgate was starting to do, which was call cool players based on form. And there's plenty of players in now in the Premier League that are deserving. I might throw Bowen in there just because he's been consistent on the wing. But there's plenty of players out there, English talent that deserves a chance to be called up. Phil Foden should be called up, doing still quite well in a City team. Sterling, no doubt. Um, so I think we yeah, we had a good run through Pickford. Should he be called up?
2: Not the biggest Pickford fan myself. Oh, I don't uh, think many
0: of us are, to be honest. I think we've called him T-Rex arms quite a few times now.
2: he's. I don't think he's a particularly likable guy, and I don't think. I mean, he's he's a great, no. very athletic in goal, but I just don't That's think the he problem. has what it takes to. Um...
0: He doesn't quite endear himself, does he? That's the problem no. with his personality. I mean, there's there's plenty of other England goalkeepers, English goalkeepers, sorry, in the league at the moment, doing arguably or equally as good as him. They deserve a call up. There's we I, you can name plenty of the top the, the top of your off your head, um, Nick yeah, Henderson Pope, Pope. yeah, Hens- Henderson Pope. Um, although Henderson a poor Burnley team, he's still quite a consistent goalkeeper. Um, I, mean, I used
2: to call for Tom Heaton to be England's number one. I thought he was and great he's still a got quality, of
0: years, so. still got quality. I know he's not playing at the moment, but he, mm-hmm. um, he still had the talent. I mean,
1: mm-hmm. I think he's a bit too old now, though. Yeah, he he's is, like past- Ray it's Ray un- Ray it's Ray unfortunate, <laughs> yeah, no, it's
0: unfortunate, but at the time, though, that's the kind of goalkeeper yeah. you want to see in. I mean. Pickford, I know he's young, and he's got talent, but I mean, it's been inflated a little bit. I think it has been a little bit
1: inflated. I think we're about to see the downfall of Pickford, though, because obviously he got dropped on the weekend for their new keeper Olsen. I can't blame um, for I cannot Olsen, blame their the great performance. To be fair, so we might see Pickford back in. No, but don't year. forget.
0: Don't forget though that's Olsen's first game. Got to give the guy a chance. Yeah. It's a different league, and I think Pickford. I think and I knew I knew this was going to come because I know Ancelotti probably wasn't too hot on him in the first place. So he was waiting for the waiting, literally for the touch paper to be lit to drop Pickford. And I think now the other the um Olsen's going to get a run of games. So looking at the England starting eleven, what what kind of um, system do we want to see? Because I think personally. I want to see us revert to 4-2-3-1. We've, we've got the right balance for it. I know Southgate likes a three at the back, but but I don't think we need that. I think against big teams or whoever we play, it's got to be an option, mm. but that should not be England's default go-to starting 11.
2: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't watch England all the time. I only do in the big competitions, really. I I find recently, I find their system quite boring Always depressing and, it's, and boring yeah,
0: it's not an england you, you don't yeah. get excited by seeing that and i think we've said that quite a few times on here now that yeah i mean she's boring i have no desire to want to watch england anymore i used to think oh good this is like a when southgate first started you'd think, oh yeah this is like going somewhere now it's just been oh geez this is a
2: yeah the players in that, that team you have a good enough team to build a really strong attacking system yet that it's so defensive minded and i just think we're better than that we have potential to be better than that and I'd fully agree with you. I think a four-two-three-one would be a much better fit for this team. I mean, I'm not a football manager, but I'd love to see that as a a fan of England.
1: I think England have always been charged the four-two-three-one, though. Even when Sevengar and Eriksson was in charge of that golden generation, we were still playing a four-four-two. You know, and with the players he had, a four-two-three-one would have worked absolute Mike wonders. Yeah, Mike probably, would be proud? Yeah, we probably would have won. Or at least got further with that golden generation. How we yeah. played the 4-2-3-1. I think Southgate's too insistent on the five at the back, though. I I, I agree with Southgate in some areas because of where that the England defenders are not that great. So by putting the extra defender in there, it just gives I you. I bit not understand security. why, but
0: I don't think our fallback options are that good to say. Let's just. Well, you could try, but maybe a Chilwell and Reese James. You could say so, but I just don't. It doesn't flatter us to play that system because we've got so many so much quality attacking players. They need to be playing in a in a four up front really, or 4-2-3-1 yeah. but with the four players being forward and, players.
2: And I think you can get away with the 4-2-3-1 if you have players like Henderson and Rice in the team. who do such a great job defensively too.
0: Yeah. So personally, going on to what I would like to see England play, uh, maybe Dean Henderson in goal, maybe Pope, but uh, either of the two, Trent Gomez. Um, Maybe Stones, maybe Stones in there as centre back. Um, Chilwell at left back. Um, Henderson Rice obviously sitting in midfield quite tidily. Um, Rashford on the wing, Kane up front, Sterling on the other wing, and maybe Phil Foden through the middle. Um, I think that gives a good mixture of quality and young talent. Um, but Rice and Henderson, they they can definitely hold their own in midfield. Um, they don't. Henderson can probably push forward, or Rice can push forward. But if I've got the ability to carry that ball forward. Um, and help out defensively, which is what we need. If, our, if we're saying our defense isn't that good, I think this is this is the way you would um, help balance that a bit more. So about your guys' the system, if you if yeah. you agree with me there, is any changes you I mean, make to that team?
2: Mine's fairly similar to yours. I'd probably have Nick Pope in goal. Uh, back forward stay the same. Um, potentially, the, so you know, if we're talking about a four-two-three-one system here. I would probably have Rice and and Jordan Henderson in the holding midfield if Jordan Henderson's fit, and then with the th- I'd have Kane up top, then I'd have Rice Sterling, and either Foden or Sancho. I'm I'm undecided on that call.
1: Well, I think we're definitely going to be playing five at the back, so I've just gone for players that would suit our <laughs> system. So, yeah, um, I've got Henson in goal. Even though he's not playing that much for United, I think he's still probably the better keeper out of the ones that are available. Uh, Trent, Gomez, Connor Cody, John Stones and Shilwell at the back. Um, I was really impressed with Cody, to be fair. And I think he's the natural choice in a back five because he plays it for Wolves and he does it so effectively for them. Um, And I've I've put Stones in there just because I think even though he's not going to get the call up tomorrow, he's probably one of England's best centre-backs right now, because no, there's no real standout performer at centre-back for England at the moment. Uh, then Henson and Rice in that holding role with Sterling, Kane and Rashford up top. Because um, I think when they're defending, a 5-2-3 would work. But then when they're attacking, the players they've got, you could easily switch to a 3-4-3. Three, three, and I think that would allow England to have the attacking threat that you so many people
0: yeah, I think that would be a bit more balanced as well. So if he, if he did something like that, you could see it working. But we'll wait and see how it transpires over the, with the England call-up. The England squad being announced tomorrow, sorry. Um, and then the, 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 the thing. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, really. So moving on to our next topic, pay-per-view. I think we're, we're starting to see the demise of that. I don't want to spend too long here because I think it's going to... It's probably going to be reversed now because we've seen a large amount of fans rather than pay for that that large £15 figure to watch their team play. They're actually now donating money to food banks and in protest, which has raised a lot of money, which is fair play and well done to everyone that's done that. Um, is, this, is this going to be reviewed, the
1: pay-per-view, and is it going to be reversed back to how it was before? Yeah, so it's being reviewed during the international break. Mm-hmm. So this weekend's games are the final ones that are definitely pay-per-view. And then during the international break, they're going to decide. And I think the fact that we're in lockdown... It's going to sway their decision on what's going to happen. And I think we may see what happened when the Premier League resumed, where we see a few more games on free to air TV, Amazon Mm -hmm. Prime, a few more on BT and Sky. Um, I can see that happening, but I wouldn't be surprised if the money-greedy Premier League decided (laughs) to keep it as it is.
2: Yeah, the only problem I have with them kind of scattering it around to places like prime is it's just something else you have to be subscribed to so if it is free to air then you know fair play that would be an improvement um but i mean ultimately short a premier league subscription service has to be the ultimate end goal countries find ways to make it work while still drawing in huge crowds focusing more on kind of a tourist attraction to watch a game um,
0: yeah, other countries have all of their games shown, that they still get exactly. Turnout, so it's yeah, be. so
2: I'm, I'm sure there's a way around it, but I'm sure there's lots of financials which are stopping it. Uh, out.
0: there's no doubt. There's, there's mm-hmm. probably financials coming out of everywhere that saying that and contracts have been drawn up to, ever, to stop it ever happening. Yeah, but well done to everyone though that's um, donated to the paper, um, the food banks instead. It's been it's been a great cause, uh, and it, it just shows the Premier League that fans have sort of had enough. They subscribe to BT, they'll subscribe to Sky, but they're not going to keep subscribing to. And paying extra money on top of what they already pay, especially mm-hmm. do especially through these money hard times as well, it's just not not a nice thing to see. And we can we can definitely bring it back down to greed again. So looking ahead at the weekend's matches coming up, um, it's it's a harder set of fixtures to predict. Really, um, I've got a lot more draws than I usually do. Um, well, I say a lot more. I've done I've done three. Usually, I wouldn't predict that many. Um, so let, let's quickly fly through the games. I won't spend on too long on all of them because some of them aren't too thrilling to discuss. Burnley, Brighton, not a, not a. Um, that's definitely the one you want to pay fifteen pound for. Um, <laughs> I've gone, I've gone for a draw in that one. It's just going to be. I think it's going to be a, bit of a slog that game. Gary, you're leaning towards Burnley, and the Bills are leaning towards Brighton. Whilst Simon, you're going for a draw, just like me on that one.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, I think Brighton are, are the better team right now. But the same thing I said for the last game is. Last Burnley game is that they need to start picking up any kind of result right now, and I think they'll they might be able to fight for a draw against Brighton. I think Lampy Yikes. might be out, which will be a blow for for Brighton. But similar to you, I've got I think the safe option for this game is a draw.
1: I originally had Brighton to win. But I changed last minute to Burnley. I think yeah, that's all that bed says. Yeah, you know Burnley don't have any injuries, and last year they were twenty points clear of the relegation zone. And at some point, they've got to start getting the results. And I think this is the game, like Simon said, Lampard is probably going to be missing. And he seems to be the main point just, of the fetch and attack. never seem like scoring. I'm not going to lie. They just never seem like scoring Burnley. They don't. But then they get a few goals out of nowhere and turn games around. So they're I think this will be the week we're always. going to start seeing. Yeah. Not going a great run of form. But I think this is where we start seeing them pick up points.
0: Okay, next, the next fixture on the list, Southampton versus Newcastle. Uh, I'm leaning towards Newcastle in this one, while Gary, you're leaning more towards a the draw. They're sticking with Southampton, while Cy's sticking with me on this one and going for Newcastle. I think Newcastle's form will help them here. I think Southampton without Dennyings might find it hard, and I think they could nick a draw, but I think Newcastle... They'll probably continue on their run of form with this a little bit. I think... Um, I think they've got a good team and I think Southampton might struggle Struggle here. Um, I know they're playing at home, but I think Newcastle, again, obviously there's no pressure because there's no fans, might just turn up and cause a bit of a shock.
1: What do you say about Newcastle's form, that Southampton are obviously the more informed side out of the two?
0: Yeah, I think that um, has been a large contributing yeah. factor to that situation, though.
1: But like, Newcastle just, to me, I know they scored two against Everton, but... The first one like, uh, was a very controversial penalty where Callum Wilson went down very easily. And then they scored on again late on. But it, they weren't a convincing team going forward. And with Danny Ings missing, Southampton are going to be great going forward. So I think the two are just going to void each other off, really. And we're going to yeah. see a very boring game.
2: Yeah, I, I agree about it probably being a boring game. And it, it's kind of one of the mid-table battle games that could really go... Either way, um, well, they'll probably end up mid-table. That's what I'm saying. I think I've gone for Newcastle. I think they'll have a bit of confidence going into this, whereas Southampton will be on a bit of a downer, losing Danny Ings. And I don't know how they're going to adapt their system, whether Shane Long's going to come in um, or if they'll put... Well, I don't, I don't know who they're going to put up top, to be honest. So I've gone Newcastle, but it, it's a close one.
0: Okay, interesting. Um... Looking towards the Palace versus Leeds game, I've gone for Leeds for this one. I think Nabil and Say you both have as well. Whilst Gary, you've gone mm-hmm. for a draw. I think Leeds, I think Leeds may do it this game. Um, Palace are a bit of a as we as we start we spoke about at the start of the podcast, a bit of a slow, sloggy team. Um, I think Leeds' attacking threat may just be enough to see Palace off. In none of us have actually gone for a Palace win. The closest is with you, Gary, of a draw. I don't think Palace have got enough to probably stop leeds if they just go for it this game um i think leeds have enough really
1: yeah i think this kind of game that's going to actually suit palace uh leeds are going to be right in their faces and then their front three are just going to be able to get one ball through and they're going to be three on one against the leeds defense so i just see palace scoring one or two goals and i don't quite know if palace are that clinical though I think they will be against this lead side because they're going to be so high up the pitch. The pace of Zaha, Ewu, who I'm pretty sure is your name flyer, uh, and Townsend. <laughs> I Jeez. think that pace is just going to be too good, and it's, they're definitely going to score Palace in my opinion. So it's just about how many leads score.
2: Yeah, um, and that's um, why I've
1: gone for a draw.
2: I've I've gone for leads. It was a tough call. Once, like you said, it's a really hard set of fixtures this this week. I mean, Leeds are very much a possession based team. Palace don't need possession to win a game. I think it's going to be two interesting styles. Palace, not the most exciting team to watch. Leeds can play some really exciting stuff. I think Leeds will win. I think they need a win just based on um what, last of their few games. Yeah, but, just
0: keep, keep in touch.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I won't be surprised if, if Palace do score because I think they're more clinical than we give them credit for if some of their, their players up top. But, yeah, I think Leeds will come out on top.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's going to be quite a um, not an easy game, but definitely a good game for uh, for Leeds here. Um, mm-hmm. Palace will find it hard to get much against them here. Looking at Chelsea versus Sheffield United, I think full house here. Chelsea, 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 Chelsea. <laughs> um, as much as I hate to say it, I just don't think Sheffield United are going to turn up against them. I think we'll, we might all be surprised. I think we might see a draw here. Um but simply with Chelsea's quality, I don't think any of us can see past them absolutely um, sweeping through a poor, currently poor Sheffield United team.
2: Yeah, Sheffield are there for the take definitely. And we mentioned their hard fixture run earlier. I don't know when they're, where they're going to get their results from, but maybe they do surprise us and they, they get results in some of these hard fixtures. But, I mean, it would be hard to bet on Sheffield United at this point. I think Chelsea is the much safer option. And I think there's a the potential, you know, to really sweep past Sheffield here with a few goals.
1: 100%. Gary, how do you feel about this game? Yeah, I think Sheffield United will just be hoping that Chelsea have an absolute disaster at the back. You know, Chelsea drew three all against West Brom a few weeks ago. And I think Sheffield United will just be hoping that that Chelsea defence turns up. Yeah. The one that's been turning up for the last few games. Because it's going to be a very long day for Sheffield United otherwise. Uh, this is Ryan Brewster's original club, though, Chelsea. So maybe this is where <laughs> he really time started happened the big He <laughs> might see something happen. No,
0: but I just think Chelsea's quality, they'll, they'll unlock the door. I don't expect it to be a high-scoring game. I don't think we'll see Sheffield United absolutely battered. I think it could be a, a one 0 maybe. Again, full house here. West Ham versus Fulham. Everyone's gone for West Ham. I hope to see that the case, because West Ham have done well. Done well the last few fixtures. We've been playing the big teams. I know we've got a loss and a couple of draws in there, but we've beaten teams that I didn't think in the month of Sundays we'd beat. So we're doing better than I thought we'd do. I thought we'd be in the relegation zone. We're not, we're only about 14th in the league. We're not doing great, but for the fixture runs we've had, we've got to start beating teams like Fulham now to prove a point that okay, we can hold our own against the big teams. We now need to start beating the smaller teams too really capitalise on um, our league position and our, our, our run of fixtures. We've got a quite a lot easy run-in um, coming up. Sheffield United in, in that mix as well. Um, West Ham, really, I, I can't think we'll have enough here to beat Fulham. Um, unfortunately, Antonio is still injured, but I think there's enough players in that West Ham team to to score a few goals. I think we might see Benarama finally start. Now he's turned a bit of fitness. Um, I don't know about Haller being up top, but I think if he's going to score against anyone, he's got to score against Fulham, surely. It's We've all gone for a full house, though. I don't know if you guys have any additional additional thoughts yeah. to talk about.
2: I mean, like you said, West Ham, they do need to take advantage of this uh, fixture run that they have coming up. And I think this would be a great game for Benarama to come into against a really kind of wounded animal in Fulham right now. And yeah. West, West Ham, they, they're at a complete different level than Fulham. We can't really... If we go based on their stats and just the West Ham system, I think they're going to win comfortably against Fulham.
1: I certainly hope so. Gary? Yeah, it's just uh, one thing. Uh, ben Rama, if he does start, is against a familiar Fulham team that he's playing last season in the championship with. So it's a good game for him to come into and hopefully for West Ham fans he hits the ground running. Yeah, and... I, he may not
0: start but I think there's a, there's an opportunity for him too, but if not, the the West Ham still have quality and I think it's definitely a good option for him to come in this game. Maybe he's an early substitution. He's got the ability. We saw him, He came against Liverpool the other day and he, you can see what he's all about still. Um, I think this is a good game for him to start finding his form in. We may, we may see may nick a goal, hopefully, if he comes on. Looking at the West Brom versus Tottenham game, um, I'm the only one that's gone for a draw here and you've all got um, gone for a Spurs win. I only say a draw because I think this might be one of the fixtures we see of the weekend that we think, oh, blimey. And you hate Spurs. Um, Yeah, I hate Spurs. (laughs) I'll never never predict them to win. No, but I think, I just think, I have a hunch about this game that this could be one where we might see, oh, all right, West Brom have got a draw out of this. Um, It could be a nil-nil, I don't know, but Spurs could easily win it, but I just think this this could be the fixture where we see West Brom maybe just, uh, you know, nick one in.
2: Yeah, I mean, we just spoke about Fulham. I think West Brom are in it. They're in an even worse spot than Fulham and Although Spurs didn't back look... me up on that one, then <laughs> although Spurs didn't look overly convincing on the weekend, uh, I don't see a. I mean, a draw is possible, but I mean, anything more than that, okay? Yeah,
1: yeah. Gary can't see West Brom doing anything. To be honest, uh, I don't think we need to spend time talking about it. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> awful, they're awful. this season. No, okay. Uh, they didn't I, I, in the I won't elaborate. That's proven.
0: Yeah, I, just, I won't elaborate on it too much. I just, have, I just have a little inkling that this could be a game that we might think, all right, OK. But yeah, I won't go into too much. There's no particular reason for it. It's just in the back of my mind. Um, Leicester Wolves. This this, this and now could be... It's not the game of the weekend because the, 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 the game we'll talk about afterwards is definitely the one of the weekend. But it's going to be a good contest for this one, I think. That's for sure. Two, two well-balanced teams. They know their style. Um, I've gone for a Leicester win. Gary's gone, you've gone for a draw, and the Bill side you've also gone for a Leicester win. Surprising, really, after what we said about Wolves earlier on in the podcast. But I think looking at looking at Leicester, uh, I just think if anyone's going to do it against either team, it's going to be it's going to be um, it's going to be them. They've got a system and a style, and I think they could they could they could start to maybe find a way around um, Wolves' system. Really, the way they play um, a bit more possession based, while Leicester tend to hit on the counter. I think with Vardy on fire at the moment. Wolves find it too hard
2: Yeah I went for Leicester for me that was a fairly easy pick but again Wolves could easily pull something out of the bag here Um, I think Leicester's pacing on the counter attack they could really hurt Wolves as they have done to a few teams this system I'm just a bit concerned about their consistency and um, it seems that we're praising them one week and then the next week they they lose I think they just need to get a good run of games going
1: the two stars they play are both very much counter attacking football, and that's why I've gone for the draw. Last year they had two nil nil draws, so it just shows their style of plays don't really complement each yeah. other. So yeah. um, I just think it'll be a draw. They, they drew twice last season, I think they'll draw again this season.
0: <laughs> okay, that's not a bad shout. Um, but no, it's gonna, uh, this is going to be one of the games of the weekend to watch, and I, I think the next game we're about to talk about is going to be the game of the weekend. City versus Liverpool. Could this be an early, an early title? Just not a title to side, but an early showing of who's going to be up there.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a big one, and I see why Gary and the Bill have gone for Man City. It's almost like either way you win, right? You win the prediction or you win the game. Um, I think it's more likely to be a, a draw. I mean, we've seen over the last year we've seen really boring games for this fixed. We've seen nil nils or one alls and then we've seen like a four nil or a. a a 5-0 and it, it seems to be one or the other at the moment and I, I have a kind of feeling it's going to be uh, the former I think it will be although it's got a potential to be a really exciting game I think it's more likely to be maybe a 1-0 or a 2-0 but either team could take it and it is going to be pivotal in the title race for sure
1: Obviously I really want Liverpool to win there's no doubt about that but I think City really have a point to prove at the moment Uh obviously they've had this poor start and this game they're going to have the closest they have to a full start like fully fit start 11 i -hmm. think the only person missing will be aguero i think the fact they've got that point to prove that they're still these world-class big team beating uh, team i think that's just going to give them that extra motivation to beat us yeah. And I think we've, we've, We're still that centre-back position for us. I'm still not confident. Yeah. If Matip does play, then obviously I'll be a bit more relaxed. Uh-huh. If it's Nathaniel Phillips against like Jesus, Sterling, etc. We've seen Gomez struggle against Man City's pace before. So that other yep. centre-back option could be a make or break whether we get something or if we get thrashed. Yep. So that's the only reason I'll come for City.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I'll be curious who starts up top, whether it will be Bobby Firmino or Diogo Jota. I'm...
0: I think if Jota's probably. Oh, well, I'm not a Liverpool fan here, and surprisingly, hmm. I'm the only one that's predicted a Liverpool win. And I'm not a Liverpool <laughs> fan here. But I think has probably got proven his point now why he should start. And I think Bobby needs to be on the bench. Yeah.
1: Jota's up form is obviously unbelievable since he's joined. But Firmino is the type of player that turns up against City. Yeah, he does. So, so I think Klopp still has a very hard decision to make, whether he goes for the man in form or the man he knows that turns up in these big games. Um, ideally, I'd like to see both of them play and just ask us to go all out attack and just hopefully get something. Um, <laughs> I can't see that happening. Um, but yeah, I I think Firmino's still got a chance of playing, and these are the kind of games he relishes. So, hopefully. If he does play, yeah. if he does
0: something. I think I think we'll see it's quite surprising really, because it's not people have said haven't said largely that Liverpool having a bad season. I know you got walloped by um Aston Villa and I think that's kind of what the perception's been is how oh, bloody how they've been smashed by Villa. They've had a few dodgy results here and there. I think it's been a little bit overhyped, um, how badly you're doing doing, because currently you're sat top of the league. I mean and um I was speaking to a another Liverpool fan at work earlier the other day and um, that's a sign of a quality team really you may not be absolutely on form um, every game but you you still grind out the results and I think that's what we're starting to see really in Liverpool they might, I think you, you could be title well obviously I think you will be title contenders this year and I think we'll probably see you up there probably win it this season that's me personally, I'm not a Liverpool fan actually so I'm quite <laughs> surprised really I'm saying that but there you go um, looking at the last weekend's fixture, Arsenal versus Aston Villa. We've all oh, gone from right to the menu. Have we?
1: Yeah, you skipped it earlier. Boring. It's not even in. The...
0: Oh, it is. That's third. Yeah, you missed. Uh, it Boring. We're running out of time anyway. Um, <laughs> One thirty. I'm just starting again. I'll, I'll... Should I carry on?
1: Should I go back to the Aston Villa?
0: Yeah, should I go back to
1: the? We can,
2: we can skip over it. To be honest, I mean. Unless you want to talk about it, we
1: can do, do like a quick two second thing.
2: Yeah, yeah let's
0: just okay. do these last few briefly because we're, we're one hour and 30 and there's not much editing to do, but it's just getting yeah. a bit. I'm tired. <laughs> yes, yeah, Um, I'll start in a second. Hold on. So looking at the uh, last couple of games quickly, we'll we'll go through them quickly. Arsenal versus Aston Villa. I've gone for Arsenal, so is Gary and Abil. you've gone for a draw. I think Arsenal are going to do quite well this game. I think Villa have started to struggle a little bit and I think Arsenal will have a little bit of confidence from their last few fixtures. I think we'll probably see an Arsenal win here.
2: Yep. Um, I mean, you said it great earlier. You said Arsenal have a point to prove this season and I think they do more than a lot of teams. But I think Aston Villa have a point to prove after the last couple of games, and they're really going to come out all guns blazing. Um, Could be a
0: good game, actually. Could be a good. Yeah, game.
2: it's got the potential to have a lot of goals in it. I mean, Arsenal have shored up their defense a lot, um, which is why I think this game's going to go down to the wire, and I think it'll be a draw.
1: I think it's good, like I think it's going to be a close game because although we'll Arsenal have this great attack in three or four, they just don't seem to use it correctly. I think this is why Arsenal have been struggling so much over the last year or two. They just don't seem to know how to use that attacking threat. It's a great attacking threat as well. They've got a good team. Exactly. Aubameyang, Lacazette, uh, Saka's coming through very well. And he seems like a re- really good player. We didn't even talk Pepe. about him. We talked about the um, England squad. They've got Pepe, who probably isn't that good. Uh, they got Willian, who's come in the team. And he's like really hit the ground running. And he looks superb. Yeah. Um, but they've Arteta's done a great job of the defense there's no doubt about that but he he still hasn't learned how to use that attack you know they're not getting they're not scoring as many goals as that attack should be and I'm not sure what it is but they need to change something up because at some point that defense is going to start leaving yeah. goals again because all they've done is put a plaster over it right now and eventually them cracks will start reappearing and they rely on the attack again. and At the moment, that attack's not firing on all fronts. So, But I do think Arsenal have enough to beat Villa.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I agree with you on that one. So the last fixture we'll, we'll, we'll talk about briefly is Everton versus United. Um, I don't think Rodriguez is back from a suspension yet, is he? And I don't know about Richarlison. Am I wrong or am I correct on that one?
1: They're both still missing, yeah. Yeah,
0: so I think... Personally, for this game, I've gone for a um, I've gone for a draw. Um, I, I, just, I just can't see either team having enough to beat the other. I think United would be. They may nick it, but they, they've been they've been largely poor. And I think Everton again. They might have enough. They might have enough in them still without their quality players to, to, to pull a result off. But I think it's going to be a draw. Gary, you've gone for United yourself. Nabil's gone for Everton, and Simon's gone for um, United.
1: Yeah, I've gone for United simply because of their week. The week they've had. So, obviously, last week they beat Leipzig in the Champions League 5-0 and they were looking like the man you have old. And then they go and lose 1-0 to Arsenal and 2-1 to the Turkish team in the Champions League tonight. And I think they've now just got a really go for it. Otherwise, I think Oli could be gone. I know it's still early days. Like, we're still within the first 10 games of the season. Mm -hmm. But if they go seven games and they don't win... On Saturday, yeah. they're they're potentially within five points of the relegation zone after a fourth of the season.
0: I was listening to United fans the other day; they still
1: seem quite quite loyal to Ollie. Surprised, stupid. really? You know, he, they've had two great Champions League results, but apart from that, they've been absolutely dreadful.
0: I think a lot of the blame they're trying to heap on the board, which isn't quite I don't quite rub with because they're not they're not not spending money. I mean, you can argue that their board isn't great, but I think. You know They're not as bad as West Ham's board or Newcastle's board, so that's a hard one to hard. Well, one the players serve. they have, they
1: shouldn't be in 15th place after six No, doubt.
0: No doubt. No doubt. I totally agree with you on that one. Si, what's your thoughts on that game?
2: Um, I think United will win. I think Everton are there for the take and then United would be crazy not to take this opportunity. But whether they will or not, I mean, it's hard to say. I'd, I'd, I mean, it's kind of the two teams I hate the most, you know, battling <laughs> each other out. Not but, a bit here. Yeah. Not, yeah, but I think United will probably. You
0: don't want to tune to that one?
2: Yeah, I think United will come out on top on this one.
0: Awesome! Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good weekend of fixtures. I they're not not the best in the world, but I think it's going to be some interesting games and interesting contests in the, Um That's pretty much it for this week's, this week's print focus. And Gary, you were correct. It was Andre. Even though you unfairly, unfairly Jordan. shouted that out, Jordan. I, I, sorry. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfairly shouted. I didn't get Simon even a chance there. I don't know how I'm going to back this out because you are the uh, manager manager master out of
1: the. Uh,
2: I think uh, the bill will give him some competition for this. To be fair. Yeah,
1: they, they yeah definitely... to be honest, I was a bit confused when you said Marseille and Lorient and then the other French team. And as soon as you said Swansea, Aston Villa, yeah, and Palace, it was just like okay, yeah, that's. Obvious. I think we need to get the bill to actually
0: turn up to a prem focus so we can have a bit of a yeah further competition here. But no, it's been good, it's been a good it's good discussion with you guys. It's always interesting. There's uh, so definitely some good talking points in there to have a listen out for. So that's all for this week's Prem Focus. It's been a pleasure, as always. Um, give us a like and follow on all good social media platforms. And LinkedIn. Not LinkedIn? It's because I'm looking at my LinkedIn at the same time. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on all of them. Um, give us a follow. Give us a like. We appreciate every single one of them. And it's a thank you to everyone that's listened to us for the past few weeks. We greatly appreciate it. So that's all for this week. Cheers for coming on, guys. And we'll speak to you all again in the future. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much.